automobile. He's been badly beaten and is suffering from shock. Your job? Investigate. Here's what the nation's press has had. Either way you have the drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law to an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Wednesday, February 18th. It was raining in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of robbery detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Fab Brown, chief of detectives. My name's Friday. It was 10.48 p.m. when I got back to the car. It was one team. Sure, what out of it? Was he in? No, he's the guy who gave us a big story about carrying a lunch bucket, always home by 9 o'clock. Yeah. There was a car while you were out. Someone locked in a car truck. We better roll on it. Yeah. What do you figure about your informant? Well, I don't know. This rain pulled up someplace. He's not on the street. He's your boy, Joe. You ever come up with anything worthwhile? Well, you used to. Got to be an awful life now. I can't stay sober long enough. Always talking about joining AA, but he never seems to get around to it. Too bad. Doing good if you give him a chance. If you want to be helped, they're the ones who can do it. Well, I'll try to catch him in the morning, huh? Getting late. I'm tired. Yeah, I could use some sleep. Hey, when we see this guy, you think he'll be able to give us anything? I don't know. Can't be, mate. He might be able to come up with something. Doesn't figure, Joe. Nice job they pulled. There's not a rumble in town on them. Well, how do you even a close identification? Well, we don't turn them soon. It's going to be out of our hands. It's something for homicide to work on. You think of this country, he might be the same one? Well, if it's then, this makes number 10 for him. The old man will clean his head off in the morning. Joe won't help his ulcer. He'll be sipping milk all day. He just graduated the soft-boiled eggs. This thing will put him right back on the sippy diet. Poor old Vivian. These and ulcers. He just can't win. Well, that must be it up there, Frank. Guy waving the radio car. Hell yeah. There's one eight four just coming in too. Yeah. Oh, it's good here. Oh, you want to get out my sight? Yeah. Go ahead. Right around the corner, officer. I'm the one who called. Couldn't take you long to get here. I'll show you right around here. Yes. All right, Joe, Frank. Yeah. Are you the police officer, too? Yes, sir. My name's Friday. It's my partner, Frank Smith. Oh, I do. I'm Carl Miller. I own the drugstore on the corner. I'm the one who found the car, you know. Yes, sir. If you uh, saw the car. Yeah, sure thing. Around this way. I'm going way back to Miss Dalton. Over to College Hill for a baby. That's the car. I thought I heard something. Yes, sir. I walked by, then I got to thinking that maybe something might be wrong. So I went back. I looked in the car, but I couldn't see anything. Yeah. Well, I figured that maybe it might be my imagination. You know, maybe something else. And I heard this voice. Sounded like it was coming from the front. Tried to get it open, but it was locked. And that's when I called you. Uh, is this? Uh, yes, sir. Put your ear against the trunk. You can probably hear it. Yeah, let me see. Let's come in here now. Let's get this thing open, huh? I'm going to need something to fly it open. Yeah. Why don't you need the car out? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe there's something in here. I'll look. No, sir. Please don't touch the car. What? Don't touch the car, sir. Hey, Stuart, you want to look for fingerprints? Should have thought of them myself. I'll check my field door. Should have something in there. All right, fine. Now, yeah. Want to get anything in your trunk? Yeah, I'll check. Fine. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. We're police officers. We'll get you out. Same one, sir. Joe. Yeah, looks like I'm pulling them all. Well, I'll just bring a lock it up, guy. Joe? Yeah. Have a fish on the truck. You want to try it? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go. Come on, try it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm 
Dump me on the floor in the back. Uh-huh. What did you do then? Oh, nothing. I just laid there. Figured that maybe they'd think I was out cold in me alone. Then what happened? Well, the guy in the back took a roll of a decent tape out of his pocket, wrapped around my wrist and ankles. Well, what did they do then, sir? Well, they still thought I was knocked out. The guy in the front said, get me out of the car. Big fellow opened the door, lifted me out, picked me up like a sack of potatoes. The guy with a gun ran around, opened the trunk, and they threw me in. One of my legs was over the bumper, and the big guy grabbed it and twisted it so it had fit in the trunk. Almost died, but I didn't dare let him know it wasn't out. Mm-hmm. And after that? But he locked the car and drove away. Must have drove for a while, and they stopped. Mm-hmm. You got any idea how long they drove, sir? How far? Mm-hmm. I couldn't see anything. Couldn't hear much. Just a little mumbling. I know they stopped the gas station, though. Oh, how's that, sir? Well, right after we stopped, I heard one of them yell at somebody. I couldn't tell what he was yelling, but then a little while, I heard somebody come back, take the gas cap off of the tank. Then I heard the gas go in the tank, right in front of the trunk. That's it. Well, after the guys put the cap back on the tank, I heard one of the guys say something about stick-up. Why you were stopped? Did you try to let the gas station mechanic know that you were in the trunk? Oh, sure. I tried to kick the trunk, but the way they twisted my leg put me in, I couldn't move. They gagged me, too. Put a big piece of adhesive tape over my mouth. No, sir, I tried to let the guy know. I just couldn't do it. You said if you heard one of them say, this is a stick-up. Yeah. Those were the words you used, too. This is a stick-up. Why don't you go ahead, sir? Well, there was some quiet talking after that. I couldn't tell what was going on, and they drove away again. You have no idea where this gas station was? Uh Sorry, but I was being bounced around that trunk. My head hurt where they hit me. I know they turned some corners, but I couldn't even guess where the station might be. That's just what happened there. Same thing. They drive for a while and they'd stop. They'd get out of the car, then come back, we'd start to drive again. Well, finally they parked, I waited for them to come back. They didn't. I tried to get the gag off my mouth so I could yell for help. Rubbed my face against the spare tire and got loose. Then I yelled, get the feet against the trunk. I just about giving up when you found me. Not sure I was through. It's getting hard to breathe in there. Uh-huh. I can imagine. No, you can't. Until you've been locked in a trunk. Nobody can imagine that. Terrible. Just terrible. Say, have you called me? That's my wife. Have you called her? No, she would have. Oh, she'll be hopping there. What time is it? It's 11.45. Almost four hours to get a pile of coffee. She'll be raising the roof. Would you call her? Tell her where I am? Yes, sir. I'll call her. Want to give me the number? Uh, Madison 34656. Tell her you're calling for Henry. Explain what happened. All right, sir. Right away. Officer. Yeah? Be sure to tell her you're a policeman. She'll believe you. Madison 34656. 4656. How old? 
48th, before 9 o'clock, October. All uh, right, Mr. Hildale. Uh, you know where to get home. We'll run him home, Doc. Oh, what about my car? I can't take it. Well, we're going to have to pocket the fingerprints so we can release it to you in the morning. Oh. You called me? Yes, sir. I just talked to her. Where's she stored? Well, she was a little upset. Worried about you. But you told her uh, about what happened. Yes, sir. Everything's all right now. That's good. Uh, Mr. Hildale. Yes, Doc. You can leave now. I suggest you see your own doctor in the morning. Just check up. Oh, oh, oh all right. Well, thanks a lot for your trouble. Sure appreciate it. That's uh, okay. No, it's this way. You all is down here. Call me. Yes. Yeah. I'll get the battle. Same story, huh, Joe? Yeah. One big trouble. What's that? We're hearing this too often. 12.18 p.m. We left George at the receiving hospital and drove Mr. Hildale back to his home. On the way, we asked him for a description, but he was only able to give us a very meager one. We did get enough information from him for our crime report. He told us he'd come in the next day to look through the mud book. We checked into the city hall, got a DI number, and filled out the crime report. We booked the adhesive tape as evidence. The information on the robbery the suspect had pulled that night had come into the office. There had been three of them, and among them was a service station Mr. Hildale had told us about. At 1.46 a.m., Frank and I signed out of the office and went home to get some sleep. 7.58 a.m., we talked with Captain Didion. Here's the description we got from the service station, Lieutenant. Want to look at it? Yeah, thanks. Same guy. Frank? Yes, Skipper. Want to hand me that milk? Yeah. Here you are. Stomach's straight and tank. Third robbery. When are you two going to get off the dime and bring those guys in? Oh, do everything we can, Skipper. You know that. And it's not enough. I know you guys have been beating your heads against the wall on this thing, but the corner pocket's on my back and we got to break it. We've contacted all our informants. They've run on every lead that's turned up. They all go to the same place. No way. I'm the chief every excuse I can. I'm not going to try to sell them anymore. I don't think he'd buy them. No, the guys who are pulling these jobs are flesh and blood. They eat and sleep. Somebody in town knows them. They're not trying to, but it's fine. Guys aren't the brainiest ones in the world. If they were, they wouldn't be getting the cars the way they do. Well, yeah, that's figured. How about the car? Find anything? I called Lincoln Prince. They said the car was dry enough to work on it. Couldn't tell if anything went, so they called it back. Mm-hmm. I've been going over that crime report. Maybe got an idea. Yeah. The way it looks, they picked up the cars in one area, pulled the jobs in the same area. Could be that they live in that area. Makes sense. They've been working inside a 30 square block, straight down to Hill, 7th to Pico. You got a description on it? Talk to the desk clerks at every hotel and boarding house in the area. Robbery, Vivian? Yeah, he's here. See you, Jim. Thanks, Kevin. This guy. Oh, yeah, Dave. Hmm? You bet. That's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. Bergman? Yeah, I just finished the car. It's clean. Not a thing on it.
Crowley's cards and didn't recognize any of them. Well, that's all right, sir. I understand. I don't think his picture was there. I'd feel awful if I saw it and didn't recognize it, but I'm pretty sure you just don't have a picture of the man. Yes, sir. Well, maybe you'd like to rest a little bit before you look at any more. Yes, I can. Get a little confused looking at so many. After a while, they all begin to look alike. Yes, sir. Joe, yeah. See you later. Sure thing. Excuse me, Mr. Hildell. Of course, Monday morning, 7.45 a.m., we signed into the office. 
We picked up supplies and started to canvas the area where we thought the holdup men were living. During the first day, we were able to check out 28 places. Tuesday, the 24th, it started to rain again. At 8.30 a.m., we started to canvas the rest of the hotels, rooming houses, and boarding houses in the area. For three days, we talked to the day and the night clerk in each place. We left each of them a flyer with the description of the men and our cards, asking them to call us if anyone answering the description should register at their particular place. For three days, it rained. Saturday, February 28th. Think it'll ever stop, Joe? It sure is wet. Yeah. Looks like the guys we want to drop off the face of the earth, nobody's seen or heard of them. I never realized there were so many hotels in L.A. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Well, let's try this one. Right. Yeah, something to want? We're police officers, sir. Here's our ID. What's that? Police officers. Oh, oh, police. That's right, sir.
innocent. On 17th, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 87, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Andrew J. Scott and Edward F. Winters were tried and convicted on 12 counts of robbery in the first degree and 10 counts of kidnapping for the purposes of robbery. They are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. A hold has been placed on them in the event of parole by the state of Arkansas. First degree robbery is punishable by imprisonment in the state penitentiary for from five years to life for each count. In the case of Scott and Winters, these sentences are to run consecutively. <laughs> 